Welcome to Helix Tapping the Industry, a series where we examine the forces driving the rubber buckets today. I am Arusha Das, Senior Research Analyst of Helix Tap Technologies. In this first episode of Helix Tapping the Industry, we're going to discuss the 2022 outlook of the rubber industry and global economy and how it is going to impact the market dynamics in the coming year. It's Thursday, 6th of January, 2022. And today we have two very special guests joining us. Hello, I'm Brian Miller, Chairman and Co-Founder of Helix Tap. Hi, I'm Farah Miller, CEO and Co-Founder of Helix Tap. Thanks for joining us today, Brian and Farah. Before we dive right in, I was hoping you guys could give listeners a little background about yourselves and what inspired you to create HelixTap Technologies. Thank you for inviting me, Arusha. The rub industry has been home to me since I was 18. I have achieved many significant milestones for our industry, but that is the past. Let's focus on the way forward. These days, technology is at the core of everything. However, technology and rubber are in an awkward phase. But Farah convinced me with her enthusiasm and tech knowledge, which was very easy to grasp, even for me. So I'm sure the whole rubber industry will embrace it too. And I guess it's high time. Thanks, Brian. Well, I'm a firm believer that data and technology are definitely the new ways to get an edge in the commodities market, and rubber should be no exception. Before, the edge was opacity, but now it's data. So it is becoming absolutely essential that we need data to drive decision-making in the rubber industry. Yes, I agree. And I hope Helix Tapping, the industry will address this rather slow transition. My belief is that this transition will be swift as the trade embraces the benefits. Well, that's great. The Helixstab Technologies team is working towards making this convergence of technology and rubber an easy evolution. Let's get right into it and start with the overall rubber industry picture. So Brian, as we step back and look at 2021, what were the biggest setbacks for the rubber industry that was new to you? Well, COVID, of course. Who knew that the world has to witness a pandemic impacting globalization first, then fracturing supply chains across the globe? The last 12 months have been tough. There was a lot of volume pressure on the market, but the conclusion of deals was limited. Another factor I was quite surprised to see was the parallel APC trading on WeChat, which resulted in a huge default in 2020 and 2021, especially among the Chinese entities. This possibly was one of the major disruptive factors which made the actual price discovery for physical rubber from all origins difficult. I agree. COVID-19 indeed was in a true sense a socio-economic crisis on a global scale. 
It was also interesting that you mentioned trading on WeChat, which posted an exponential growth last year. It's a non-regulated platform, for, so for sure there are risks in using WeChat during any deal executions. No wonder it unsettled the market. With all these disruptions in play, Brian, how good or bad would be the overall industry next year? For 2022, the rubber industry, I think, should be better margin, especially because the disruptions caused for all sectors by COVID have largely been addressed. The mutual problems have resulted in a more sincere understanding of each sector by the other sectors. The macro picture will be led by China, and she will surprise by being more economically strong and successful, more internationally powerful too. The future for our industry, I believe, will be good and prosperous. Tech will reverse the recent battles of the race to the bottom amongst our trade, especially amongst the biggest producers. It'll be interesting to see how China will lead the macro picture. It is a big driver of the global economy, after all. Farah, what are your expectations about China's role in the rubber industry next year? Well... China consumes about 40% of the world's rubber production, so its impact on the market is inevitable. In the previous decade, because of its growth stage, priority was in securing natural resources, and for the rubber market, we saw a flurry of acquisitions by Sinochem, ChemChina for Pirelli, and even Hainan Rubber and Guangkun Rubber vertically integrating. But lately, China has gone through some structural change, so it will ease China's transition to a high-quality growth. With the current supply chain crisis, many countries will try to increase or diversify their production hubs, whilst I feel China would focus on manufacturing more high-tech items, which may exclude tires, for example. China and the US will continue the supremacy battle through this and will play out more in terms of the financial markets. However, speculative buying or selling at markets like SHFE, which speculators move to influence physical pricing, may not sit well with the Chinese government. For example, in May 2021, the Chinese government stepped in and ordered state-owned enterprises to control risks and limit their speculation. This year, the tale of two markets will widen. China will continue to grow and still be the largest buyer volume-wise, but sellers will continue to chase international markets to average up their sales price. And I agree with Brian on uh, the margins. It's interesting. If COVID-19 was the showstopper for 2021, the US-China trade war was a very close second. There's another hot topic which keeps popping up time and again the supply chain issues. Afara, as you speak to a wide variety of clients, is there a part of the story that you think we may need to focus upon, at least going ahead into 2022? Well, the supply chain stress was like a curveball for the economy last year. So I feel the market should dig deep to develop an ecosystem that will enable localization and even take steps to build national stockpiles. Amid all this data would be the primary factor to support the market. One of the things which I felt was a really smart move was Amazon making its own shipping containers. While the majority of retailers have been forced to wait for months, 
Amazon cargo ships only waited outside a port for just two days. That is the kind of quick thinking and innovation we need going ahead. Indeed, Amazon has seen significant growth during the pandemic. I believe rubber industry too has to be innovative and open to changes, especially when we are dealing with so many uncertainties. Say, for example, inflation, which is fueled by COVID-19. On that topic, I'd like to put a question to Brian. Inflation is a concern that comes up a lot in many commodity-related conversations. How much of this inflationary risk looms on the rubber industry? Strangely, inflation has been good for commodities. Prices have usually boomed, even though interest rates have also gone up. I think a good example is in the 1980s. Then that interest rates were at peak levels, and I think the uh, rubber margins and the rubber prices were also very good. That's true. That's absolutely true. In 2021 as well, we saw huge volatility, but the overall trend was indeed not bad. Farah, what are your views on inflation and how do you see the prices behaving next year? I agree with Brian that inflation is a positive for commodity prices. Volatility is another matter altogether, both for procurement and sales team. For example, in 2021 alone, According to HelixCEP's STR20 price assessment, we saw the difference between the minimum and maximum to be 456 US dollars a ton. And for Indonesian rubber, SIR20, that difference uh, was at 329 US dollars a ton. And on average, the Indonesian rubber was at a $34 a ton premium to thigh rubber. The average price this coming year may hover around these levels, but a downward pressure looms as freight increases, coupled with demand from China and the US, and would have to battle with the raw material availability. For me, I would instead focus on pricing rubber on indices that reflect the grade and spec produce. This would allow for better risk management for both the sales and procurement teams of companies in the rubber supply chain. There are many ways to price goods. And since raw material is actually 90% of the producer's costs, simply pricing off futures would almost certainly be a losing trade. This is different from hedging off the futures, of which futures is a great tool for hedging. I totally agree. I believe that is exactly why the rubber industry needs an independent, neutral spot price index. Uh, Now let's talk a bit about the production side. Uh, Farah, what are your expectations of the overall picture for 2022, given ANRPC is expecting a supply deficit in the coming years? Do you expect consolidation to happen, at least on the producer side? Well, a lot would actually depend on the time frame we are talking about. Let's just say if we focus on the next two to three years. I believe the battle would actually be trying to capture more raw material and acquisitions on the downstream sectors, not the middle segment processes. For example, most natural rubber is tapped by smallholders apparently 6 million of them. Now, this doesn't mean supply is guaranteed 
as these farmers flock to whichever agri commodity makes the most money. And also, 60% of these farmers and smallholders are above 60 years old, which means a labor crunch is imminent. This drives up prices structurally and also contributes to some supply deficit at the upstream level. I feel major efforts would be on increasing yield per hectare, which is currently on average 1.6 per hectare, and also focus on replanting and tapping techniques. So given this background, simply acquiring and paying a premium for a processor would only compound the problem and increase the short position for raw material in my view. With the seemingly overnight success of glove companies, some may try to capture this if the glove market tanks, for example, as otherwise the valuations and premiums would not make sense. It would not be a value play. And as for consolidation, the majority of it has happened in 2016 to 2017 in the rubber market. I think the smaller producers would sell only if the prices remain in the negative margin, like for Indonesia, it was about $1,800 US a ton for largely in 2021. The bigger processes would simply bolt on to their operations or use a geographic expansion to lower raw material costs, for example, uh, with Burmese factories for some of the Thailand processes. Yeah, that is my view. So clearly, an organic growth strategy would make more sense than an inorganic one. Okay, that's great. As we wrap up today's session, let's close with realistic best case and worst case scenarios for the next 12 months. Brian, what's one major obstacle and a major opportunity for the industry? Now, to answer your question, I think it would be to get into tech-driven price discovery, repetition here, and use it as a hedge. There is so much analysis around this, but what really matters is whether buyers are willing to continue buying or sellers are willing to continue selling at points of significance. Since nobody has a crystal ball to foresee the future and price being, to a large degree, a function of perception. I feel the market direction is greatly influenced by price discovery. Now, I've emphasized this and happen to be dovetailing with what Farah said, and uh, we've been asked this question separately, so it is what it is. Now, with technology in action, one can tap these points of significance, which could be a function of perceived value or the function of some new or recent piece of fundamentals easily. But the industry has to be open about it. The industry has to accept it. There's a lot of uncertainty around us right now. So I believe it is time we revamp ourselves as an industry. I mean, there could be a version of the world where we have worse growth and higher inflation with supply chains disruptions. There could be another version where we have slower growth and low inflation. And I have to admit that if we let the market stultify, it will actually disintegrate and most likely vanish. Thanks for rounding us off, Brian. And thank you and Farah for joining us on Helix Tapping Industry. Thanks, Arusha. Thanks, Arusha. If you enjoyed today's episode, let us know at 
marketing at helixdeb.com. For more updates on the rubber industry, please check out www.helixdeb.com. And you can also follow us on socials under the handle HelixDeb for more industry updates. Thank you for tuning in to Helixdeb in the industry. Until next time.